This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And what I'm going to be sharing about today, I believe, will encourage all of us, myself included. It's about the spirit of faith. Because from the beginning to the end, it's all about our personal faith in God, in Jesus Christ, is the way to walk our life. It's a walk of faith. And um, I want to read from, first of all, from Romans chapter 1 as the basis of, of the message. And then I have some examples from the Old Testament some different characters that will, I believe, encourage us in our walk. In Romans chapter 1, Apostle Paul is speaking to the Romans at the church. He's saying, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news. Gospel means good news, right? For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek and we know that the word Greek means every other nationality besides being a Jew. It says, verse 17, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith, or the righteous woman, right? It's a walk of faith, from faith to faith, meaning from the beginning to the end. Remember in the book of Hebrews Verse, uh, chapter 12, it talks about Jesus being the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto Jesus. So our faith is in an object, but our faith is in a person, Jesus Christ, the living Lord. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a dead Jesus. We serve the person of Jesus Christ. He's a real person. And he's in heaven right now, seated at the right hand of God. He has a real body. A resurrected body, changed, but he had a fleshly body. He was born from a virgin, right? Holy Spirit came upon him, and his body had a body like ours, but without sin, without corruption. And he went to the cross to pay our debt. He was the ransom for our salvation. God the Father gave his Son that through Jesus' sacrifice, we could be bought back to God the Father. That's the basis, basic, basic message, right, of our salvation and this good news that it's already finished. Jesus already went to the cross. We don't have to try and look for it here and there, it says, but it's right here. It's right here, right now. All we have to do, according to the Bible in Romans 10, it says, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. First of all, you believe that? You hear the word that Jesus died for our sins was crucified, died for our sins, and uh, was buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead. And he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God. That's the very basic of our, uh, the good news message, right? And from there we grow, we grow in our faith. But from faith to faith, our own personal faith from beginning to end. You know there's those who are weak in faith and there's those who are strong in faith. When we first come to the Lord, Many of us, God promised He gives us a, a, a measure of faith. We all have the same measure of faith when we come to Jesus, when we believe on Him. That faith is a gift. It says, by grace we are saved th through faith, which is a gift. 
Everything is a gift from God. You can't earn it. Without faith, we can't even please God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 6, but those who come to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, right? So here we are. I'm not ashamed of the good news. It's the power to be saved. It's the power to be saved from beginning to end. Now I want to talk about going on to the spirit of faith. You know the Holy Spirit is the spirit of faith. God's spirit, He he operates on the faith. He created everything by speaking. He spoke the word and it it was done. It was created, right? And it's saying, I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 13. I want you to hear this. Because faith is vital for us. And as I said, our faith has to grow. It has to grow like a, like a little seed. It grows and it gets stronger and stronger as we exercise it, as we use the faith we have. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But it says, but having the same spirit of faith... According to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed daily, day by day. He says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While, verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal. We see this, the comparison between the material universe and the spiritual. As we grow in our faith, we begin to look at things differently, don't we? You know, as a baby Christian, new Christian, new believer, we still have to have our minds renewed, and we're still in the process of that. But as our faith grows, we start to look at things from a different perspective. And we start to see things which are not the, the unseen things. We're not moved by what we see in the material world, but we learn to be moved by the Spirit of God and, and through the visions and dreams He gives us and how He speaks to us. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. We're walking by the Spirit as we mature and we learn how to walk with God by His Spirit, not by our senses anymore, our five senses. I'm, this, I'm building up to this because in this world we live in, there are afflictions. There are things that happen to every one of us. There are troubles. Not necessarily we cause them, but they happen. There's a chain reaction that goes on in the material world. And we've got to understand something. Our faith many times is being tested. Tested and strengthened. Because the Bible teaches us that through perseverance, endurance, and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Eternal life, Jesus said it, those who endure to the end shall be saved. 
What does he mean? Because of the trials and the tribulations in this life, in this world we're living in, our faith has to be strong. We have to put on the full armor of God. We have to have the shield of faith up to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. Amen. He wants to bring condemnation and uh, destruction and fear and intimidation, oppression, right? All those negative things into our lives. And as a believer, we got to grow strong to the point where we are influencers, not just being influenced. Amen? That we, when we walk into the room, we bring the presence and the kingdom of God with us in the name of Jesus. Right? You, we need strong faith for that. You can't be moved by your emotions or your self, you know, your self-will and what you think others are thinking of you. And I'll give you an example of this. Let's turn to chapter, uh, Numbers chapter 14. And I go over this a lot. I like this story. It's, an, it's about Israel. Gonna, they're going to enter the promised land, right? God has led them through the wilderness after Egypt, delivering them from Egypt. And they're at the borders of the promised land. And there was uh, 12 spies sent out the 12 spies were sent out to spy out the land. And what they said had consequences. What they said and believed had consequences. And I'm going to just, uh, I want to touch on one particular individual. We all hear about Joshua, but the other spy, there was t- 10 spies that, 12 spies that spied out the land. 10 came back with an evil report, a bad report about the land, right? Two came back with a good report. What was the difference between two of, the, two of them? The 10 with the bad report, evil report, they only seen things after the physical, right? They only looked at it from without God in the picture. They were looking at it through their flesh, But the other two, Caleb and Joshua, looked at things from God's perspective, with God. How many times have we quoted that scripture? I forgot where it was. With God, all things are possible, right? Nothing shall be impossible with him who believes. So with God, all things are possible. So if we are with God, all things are possible, right? And God is with you. So here we are, Numbers 14. And we know the story how the the ten spies, let me read a little bit of what they said, because this goes back to what what I mentioned earlier, the scripture. We believe, therefore we speak. So let's see what the ten spies believed. It says, uh, I'll break it down, verse 27 and th- thus they told him and said, We went into the land where we, you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. This is the tin spy speaking, right? He says, Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites... 
are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted, this is chapter 13, I'm sorry, verse 30. It says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. Right? Caleb just speaks it out. We can do it. We can do it because God has given it to us. He says, uh, verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. Total disagreement there, right? One said we're able, the other one said we're not able. And so they, so the, they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in in it are men of great size, they're giants. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. You see with the ten spies, they looked at things from a really bad perspective they were looking at the giants and the cities fortified and they seen themselves like grasshoppers they had a very poor self-image right of themselves they were looking at they did not understand after going through all the things they went through with the lord how god was with them and you can see all the trials they were going through in the wilderness that the Lord tested them. But they were grumbling, they were complaining, they were always negative about, well, you just brought us out here to kill us. Rather than believing that God is good, that he wanted to do something good for them, bring them into the promised land, they were believing the opposite. That's called unbelief. Believing the opposite of God's goodness. And that's something... We have to all deal with sometime in our life. God shows us and exposes it. And we have to learn to trust the Lord every day and walk by faith and get stronger and stronger. So they, they had a bad, evil report. And it says in chapter 14, Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would that we have died in the wilderness. Ten people affected, I don't know how many, two million, three million, whatever. But ten people had such a powerful effect on multitudes. What they believed and what they said affected the outcome. And we know the story. The two that had the good report, Caleb and Joshua, they tried to speak up and everything and and say, no, God is for us. In verse 8 it says this, uh, verse 7, it says, Joshua and Caleb spoke up, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey, 
Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But what did the congregation do? It was too late. The congregation wanted to stone them. Wanted to stone them. So we know the story. God judged them and said, guys, for every day the spies were in the land for 40 days, you're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years until that whole generation of men perish in the wilderness. And only Joshua and Caleb were going to enter in to the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb had the good report, but they still had to wait 40 years with the people that rebelled until they could enter in. It's a powerful lesson here, powerful lesson for all of us. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're called to our, we have, each of us has a personal faith, a measure of it. And what we do with that faith will determine our life. You know, God gives each one of us a dream and a destiny and a vision. If we're seeking after Him with all our heart, He will give it to us. But it requires faith on our part to see it fulfilled. A faith that won't give up. A faith that perseveres. A faith that grows stronger and stronger like Abraham and Sarah. God gave Abraham a promise to have a child. And took how many years? 25 years before the fulfillment of that promise. And Abraham was already 99 or 100. And Sarah was beyond her years also. But God did the miracle, didn't he? When it, was, when it was totally hopeless in our own self, in our own body to do it, that's when God shows up. That's when God shows up to do what He's promised to do. But we've got to have the promise. We've got to know what He said about it. We've got to know His will for our lives personally. If we don't know His will for our lives personally, we have to... We have to seek God and, and pursue His will. You know, there's a scripture in James chapter 3, I believe it says, faith without works is dead. There's an example. It's not enough just to believe and speak it. There's got to be action following. There's got to be corresponding actions with it. You always heard the same, uh, words are cheap. Right? Show me by your actions that you mean what you say. You say, I'm going to be there at such and such a time. If you, if you don't show up when you tell somebody that, what happens? That person that you told starts to, hmm, I don't know about them. I don't know about dependability, accountability, and all that. Are they faithful? So action proves our faith. Action proves our faith. By our actions, you shall know. By our fruit, fruit, actions, how we live. Not just what we say, but it's, we need to say it, right? We need to speak. We need to believe and speak what we believe. <laughs> Amen. So Caleb, Caleb, I'm going to go on. Um, God, God was... Uh, 
gave the judgment. <clears throat> and he said, uh, verse 22, Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness yet have, not, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurned me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Caleb had a different spirit. That's the spirit of faith. Joshua had a different spirit, the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is the Holy Spirit that believes all things, hopes all things. Spirit of God. <clears throat> I want to show you another one. And talk about enduring. Talk about enduring faith. Joshua and Caleb, 40 years, endured before they entered the promised land. They kept the faith. Just like the Apostle Paul said, after he's getting ready, he knows his end is near. He was in Rome and the, the judgment came down that he was going to be executed because of following Jesus. He said he has kept the faith. He's fought the good fight. And he knew where he was going. He was going to receive a reward from the Lord because of his faithfulness and his perseverance. And that's the same spirit of faith. Forty years, Caleb and Joshua, Moses, in the wilderness, enduring till all that generation died out. Because they kept rebelling against the Lord's voice. They kept re resisting God and complaining, grumbling. <clears throat> I got a, um, one more example. Second Kings. I love the Old Testament. Second Kings. Chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. It's the story of Elisha. The one who served Elijah and received a double anointing, right? He received a double anointing from the Lord. In 2 Kings chapter 6, the story, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but the point is how Elisha was looking at the unseen. By his faith, he could see into the spiritual realm. And Elijah, Elisha had a servant who could not see into the spiritual realm. He only seen what was before him. And anyway, the story goes that the king of uh, There was this king. Wait a minute. Sec verse 15. Yeah, that's the king of Aram. Aram. He was uh, angry at Elisha because Elisha was getting words from the Lord and telling it to the king of Israel because the king of Israel and the king of Aram was at war. And Elisha, as a prophet for Israel, was giving inside information to the king of Israel about what the king of Aram was going to do. By word, you know, Holy Spirit that was telling, and Elisha was sharing that with the king of uh, Israel to 
thwart the plans of the enemy. So anyway, this king of Aram got angry and he sent an army to get Elisha. And what happens? Verse 15, I'll read it. So, uh, verse 14, I'll read it. He said, he sent horses. The king of Aram sent horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. This is where Elisha was. And it says, Now when the attendant of the man of God, Elisha, had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those that are with them. So Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Yeah? There's a spiritual realm that we don't see with our natural eyes. Many times we, we look at things from a perspective that we were trained and brought up in, and we only see the negatives, we only see the darkness, we only see what we see, right? And it affects our personal faith, it affects our, our well-being, our soul. And so we become sometimes like the tin with the bad report. We see ourselves as less than what God sees us. Right? And then from that position of a grasshopper, we, we reason things out and say, oh, I don't think we can do this. I don't think we can. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough of this. But the Lord, He wants to teach us to walk by faith, to see into the unseen of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has given to us to teach us all things, to give us spiritual vision and revelation concerning things. Just like, for instance, COVID-19 or whatever variants now, right? What is the world saying? What is the media saying, mainstream media? And then you hear some others saying this and that, and there's a going back and forth, right? There's a war, a battle going on. But what is God saying about it? Go to the Lord for the, get the true information, what you need for your personal faith, right? What do you need for your personal life to walk through this life in this world? to navigate through this wilderness that we're walking. We're only pilgrims passing through this world. This world is temporary. What we see with our eyes is just temporary. We're being prepared like in the wilderness for the promised land. The promised land of eternity with the Lord in heaven. Heavenly places and a new earth. Right? God's going to make a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death, right? Everything, but it, not yet. It's not happening yet. So in the meantime, what do we do? It's like us being, through, being trained and led through the wilderness of this world, which is, as a believer, it's only a temporary home. I mean, talking about the old world, because we're going to be coming back with the Lord, or we'll be here when the Lord returns and inhabit this earth and see it transformed. But in the meantime, what are we to do? We're to learn to be led by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, believe and speak and do what the Lord teaches us to do. 
Amen. All of these things, all of these things, to serve the Lord, right? To continue on with His ministry, to continue on. We have a great and awesome purpose as His children. He's the head, we're the body, we're connected, yeah, we're one. But we're not Him, He's not us, we're all joined together. Somehow He keeps us as individuals. You don't dissolve and disappear You keep your personality. You keep your person, your soul. He came to save our soul. That's you and me. So in that, in that, we have a great and awesome purpose, but it's a faith thing. And faith is not of the head, it's of the heart. We've got to believe in our heart. And we've got to trust the Lord with all of our heart, right? But if we're just taking in information from the world all these stuff, it's like the waves of the sea. It goes this way, it goes that way. One day you hear coffee's good, next day you hear coffee's no good. One day you hear something else is good, something else, is, and the same thing is bad. There's all these things going on in the world swirling around. And the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 4, further down, I said, we are to grow up in the Lord no more as children tossed here and there with every wind of teaching and doctrine. It's like a person doubting, it says in James 1. Doubting is like a person with the waves of this being blown by the sea. It's just going back and forth. Never coming to a place of confidence and trusting in the Lord because we're living from a perspective of just seeing with our natural fleshly eyes. Depending, trusting in our senses rather than trusting in God's Word and by His Spirit. And that's a process, man. We got to grow in that. We got to start where we're at and we got to grow up in it. And the only way we grow up in it is, is by engaging and doing. He said, don't be deceived. If you're only a hearer and not a doer, he said, we're deceiving ourselves. We got to apply this word and what God gives you and receive it into our hearts and live it out and walk it out every day by the faith he's given you. Actually, put, it'd be a good bumper sticker. Right? Bumper sticker. Uh, you got faith? You got faith? I'm not talking, I'm talking the faith that is vital, the real true faith of God, the kind of faith Abraham had, that when God called on Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham did not hesitate. He went. And he was going to do it. That's the kind of faith God's calling us to. It's an obedience faith. It's an obedience that will not rebel against God, but that will press on through, just like a salmon going upstream. While we're in this world, we're like salmon going upstream against the currents of the world, the spirit of the world. And don't be deceived. There's all kinds of spirits in the world, counterfeit spirits that want to impersonate God, want to impersonate, it says it in the Bible. They come to impersonate Jesus warned us against false Christ, false prophets, false teachers. And we just had a great teaching by our brother Damon who shared about discerning of spirits, right? Discerning these things. How do you do that? You can't do it with your five senses. You have to get it through the revelation of it's a gift of the Spirit of God. And it comes through relationship. There's a beautiful scripture in um, Psalms 25 that the Lord gave me years ago. He said, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. And he will cause them to know his covenant. 
the secret of the Lord. That means the intimate things of God. He shares with those who fear, who revere Him, who put Him first. He begins to reveal. He said He won't do anything unless He reveals it to His prophets. I forgot where that's written, but it's in there. You can Google it. (laughs) But the idea is this. God wants fellowship and intimacy with us where He wants truth on the inward parts of our being. Truth. Every lie, every deception, the light shines through the Lord, through His Word. He says the entrance of His Word brings light. And God is light. And when that light shines, it says it shines from the face of Christ, from Jesus. It brings revelation to us. The truth. And when you seek the truth, the Lord promises, He's going to... All the truth seekers will come to him. He said that. If you're really sincere about knowing the truth, God will make that way for you to come to him. He brought me in. He's able, man. He's able to break down every wall and barrier, whatever deception, whatever spirit. God is able to get to you and bring you out into the light. Amen. Amen. So, as, as uh, Elisha looked and he's, he's seen the chariots, the horses of fire, the angels surrounding him and knowing that he's fully protected. And he just prayed for his servant. He prayed for him. Open his eyes, Lord, so he could see that too. You know, there's angels surrounding us today. There are angels. How do we know that? By faith you know it. Because God said he encamps around those who fear him, who reverence, who revere him. Respect Him. Honor Him. Amen? His angels encamp around those. So I believe that and I speak it out with my mouth. And something like that, what kind of action can I take to show that that's my real faith? In my heart, I trust the Lord. Right? I'm not saying I don't lock my doors. (laughs) I don't put God to the test, but we, we live in such a way that we have peace, we have confidence in the Lord. So as we're looking, as we're looking at things, we're looking at things, we learn to look at things not from our, just the perspective of our five senses and not judging things or praising things just from our five senses, but learn to listen like Jesus said, don't judge after the flesh. But whatever you hear from God concerning that thing, take that, right? It's the spiritual wisdom that God gives. And you know there's two kinds of wisdom, right? There's a demonic wisdom it talks about in James, and there's God's wisdom. And to understand these things, we need to understand what wisdom are we living by and what tree are we eating from? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil that caused the... Adam and Eve, they took of that fruit and died spiritually just like that. Cut off from the wisdom and the revelation and blessing of God. Or are we going to eat from the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ and his word, and feed on that fruit? It really depends on us. Which tree are we partaking of? And if we partake of Christ and his word and we we learn his way, become his disciple... You know what that means, right? We're coming under his authority. 
because the kingdom of God is all about authority. From the head flowing down to us, and under his authority, we're yoked, we're put we, under his teaching, we receive the intimate relationship with him, and we hear his voice, we, we have the anointing to discern things, and we can tell when people are talking or you hear something on the news, you don't just take it as truth. Amen? You, you pray about it. Ask God. Wait upon the Lord. Get away. From, if it's something really vital to you, it's going to cause you to make decisions for your life. Pray about it. Seek God on it. Because the flesh likes to just take it and, and run with it. Get all worked up about it. And argue about it. That's how the flesh works. And cause divisions. But the Lord's way is peace. Unity. He says, he says in the word in Ephesians, be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit. So whatever it is we believe, if it's according to God's word, we know the Lord is speaking, and we walk with that or run with that, praise God. God is with us. But be careful, Jesus said, be careful what you hear and how you hear it. God's wisdom, he gives us wisdom if we ask in faith. Right? James chapter 1. Ask God for wisdom. He will give it to you liberally. But you've got to ask in faith without doubting. Because if you doubt, you, that person is not going to receive anything. You've got to ask in faith. Faith is a confidence and assurance, right? It is a conviction. And so I'm talking to you about personal faith right now. Your personal faith. It's by faith we're walking. We're to live by faith. And concerning all these things that we're dealing with in the world, how we respond to it, what we believe about it, be careful. Go to the Lord. Get the right answer. Get the truth about it. He'll tell you. He will tell you if you seek with, he said, seek and you shall find. Ask, it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 it says keep seeking the things above if you've been risen with Christ if you then been risen with Christ have you been risen with Christ you've been born again quickened and made alive in Christ so so what does he say he says if you be risen with Christ Chapter 3, verse 1. Raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Set your mind on things above. I mean, he's not saying forget, don't, Pay attention to anything in the world. We have to. We live in this world. We're not of it, though. Right? So whatever our priorities are, we, we need to have the right priorities. And that is 
setting our mind on the things above where Christ is seated. Because we need the mind of Christ. And we have the mind of Christ by faith. And as we, as we draw, draw from the Spirit, draw by faith, we're drawing. As, just like today when we worship, we come to that place where we're receiving from God and just receiving what you need, that nourishment. We can discern, we can navigate through this life in the path that God has chosen for us. And the Lord has promised to deliver us from every snare of the devil as we abide in Him. But it's all according to our faith. I mean, God does intervene in His providence and, and He knows whether, you know, where we're at. Even when we don't, and maybe, I mean, we don't, according to the Word of God, it's all by His grace. It's all a gift. We don't come on the basis of we deserve something good from the Lord. We come on the basis that we've been forgiven and Christ is our righteousness and we are hidden in Him. He is covering us. He's in us. He's through us. Everything is about Him. And in His name we receive. He said, ask in my name and you shall receive that your joy may be full. It's not on the basis of our name or our works. It's on the basis of His name on His works of what He's done. Amen? So we receive by, in His name. And we learn to walk with Him. We learn to live with Him by faith. Keep seeking the things above. Look not at the things that are just temporal. They're passing. With that, <clears throat> think about this. We're living in the time, I believe it's the last days. God is a God of seasons. He created seasons. We go through seasons. I believe we're coming into a new season. You know, this past season was all about praying, seeking God, our roots, going deep into the love of Christ, getting to know Him, intimacy, pressing in. And I, I know the Lord separated us for that time. Not so much, I mean, we do, do the things that He's given us to do that we know He wants us to do. But at the same time, we were waiting on Him. He called me to wait on Him all the day and just do those things that He showed me to do. But I believe now we're coming into the season where He's saying to go out into all the world, go out into all the areas like the 99 sheep that the Lord left to go find that one. As a good shepherd, He left the 99 sheep that He already had to go find that one lost sheep. I believe God's speaking to me about that. Calling me personally. But as a church, I know all of us, the season that we're coming into is going out beyond this place in our daily lives, but God's going to lead us like on the day of Pentecost. You know today is the day of Pentecost? Yeah! And normally I would preach and teach on Pentecost. But the Lord was saying, nope, because Pentecost came, God poured out His Spirit, and He's still pouring out His Spirit. And now what did Pentecost produce in the believers? They were anointed for, with power to be His witnesses. Right? They had the purpose of 
continue, continuing the ministry of Jesus. The 12 apostles and all the other disciples, the Holy Spirit was orchestrating and administrating the whole move of God to magnify Jesus because the Holy Spirit doesn't talk about himself. He only points to Jesus and reveals the things that belong to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So he's the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit to be endued with powers to go forth. To go forth. And that's what they did. In the love of God, right? Not out of, co not out of coercion, out of fear and intimidation. No, they were going from overflow. The day of Pentecost, what happened? The Holy Spirit of God came on them, the fire, and they burst out in tongues, in praises. It was all about, they were praising God in all the different languages. And they went out of that room right into the public where there was thousands of Jews there and they began preaching. Peter preached out of overflow. He didn't have a sermon all prepared and everything, you know, with notes. He just overflowed from the Holy Spirit speaking through him to all the Jews. And 3,000 souls got saved that day. And it continued on, right? The book of Acts, you look how God was moving. Sending them out, sending them out from house to house, in the temple, in the houses, fellowshipping out everywhere, going everywhere. And they prayed when they got persecuted. What happened in chapter 4 of Acts? They prayed, God, behold how they're, you know, their, their, uh, their threats and everything. But just give us boldness, Lord. Grant your servants boldness as you stretch forth your hand to heal the sick and do signs and wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. But just grant us boldness to preach and speak your word. They didn't ask to be delivered. They didn't ask for the government. Oh, God. What was there? They were beyond. They transcended all that stuff, man. They were in the spirit. They were so far in the spirit that they didn't even consider what they owned their own. They were just, everything belonged to each one of them. All the walls were down, man. It was just love. They were just bold in the look. I'm not talking about loud boldness. I like what you said that night. It was just the quiet confidence and assurance in the Lord that they were walking in the love of God and they were not holding back anything. And that's what I believe God's calling us to. In the overflow, our cup overflowing to be wherever we're at and, and mindful of the Lord, hearing the, the voice of the Lord. Go speak to that one or go there and just go with God and minister to the Lord. Right? That's where we want to be. We want to be so full. Go out with joy and gladness. Go out with joy and gladness, not out of fear and intimidation. And I believe that with all my heart. That's the, that's the season we're walking into. To see a mighty move of God. The Holy Spirit leading us. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from oppression, fear, intimidation. All that stuff just melts away, rolls off. So today, today, having that same spirit of faith, we believe and speak. So take note of what you're believing and what you're speaking. Right? Throughout your day, you know, I like Psalms uh, 34. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will make my boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, let's magnify the Lord together. 
I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen? Think about it. Are there fears? Are there anxieties in our hearts and minds today? About COVID, about this and that we've heard? What does God say about it? He said, don't be anxious for anything. He said, take it to Him in prayer with, with thanksgiving. Pray to the Lord. Ask the Lord about it. He said, His perfect peace will guard our hearts and our minds. He'll keep us in perfect peace, the one who keeps his mind, sets his mind on God. How often are we in the word of God? Amen? I'm telling you, let this word be in our mouth all the time. That's what he told the Israelites. He trained, train your children in the ways of the Lord. They memorized scriptures from when they were like three, four, five years old. They would put us to shame, man. I'm telling you, they know so much of the word, the law. But it's it's the Word of God, all of it, from beginning to end. It's all good. It's all for training, for encouragement, everything, right? What a day we live in. So what are we seeing? Are we seeing just the natural? What are we hearing? Are it just the natural? But if we can hear what the Spirit is saying, and we can see what the Spirit is showing us and wants to show us, we can be like Caleb, right? We can be like Paul and Silas in the prison house after being beaten because of their preaching the gospel and delivering the young lady from demons. And yet they were still singing, all bound up in the prison house. And what did God do? He sent an earthquake. He broke them out. The doors busted open. All their shackles fell off of all the prisoners. What a miracle. The jailer got saved and his whole family got saved. What can the Lord do, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. That's an act of faith. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Last scripture to close this, Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk, Old Testament. That's where he talks about walking by faith. But in the last scriptures of Habakkuk, the Lord gave me this. I tell you, it, it, helped, it helped me so much. Chapter 3, Habakkuk is all about judgment. He was seeing all the injustice do, being done in, in Israel at his time, all the evil being done, and he was complaining to God. And God started to deal with Habakkuk and, and tell him that he was going to do, do some things. And so, in chapter 3, verse 17... You've got to understand, Israel was going to be judged, under judgment. They were going to get invaded by an army got, sent by God to punish Israel because of their unbelief. But what does Habakkuk do? He says in verse 17, listen to this. He says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, Though the flock should be cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he has made my feet like hind's feet, like deer's feet, and makes me walk on my high places. This is the path that God's called us to, to walk in by faith. While we're in this world and we see with our natural senses everything going wrong or things are happening that you don't like, I'm telling you, God can make our feet like billy goat feet or whatever to set us 
up in the high places. And that's where our faith can take us, to walk with God up in the high realm of the Spirit. Because the spiritual realm is the high life. The natural realm and the carnal, fleshly realm is the low life, man. And that's, that's going to all fade away. But he said we can walk in the high places with the, with the Lord. He makes my, make me walk on my high places. And it's all through faith. Even though, what does he say, the fig tree doesn't blossom. Even though in the natural things are not producing like you'd like, you like, he calls this rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord and keep moving forward. Keep seeking God. Keep pressing on. Faith, our faith is being tested. Your faith is being tested. Trials, tribulations, troubles. It's all part of it. Persecutions, it's all part of it. As long as we're in this life, in this world, there's dying, there's suffering. Positive thinking is not going to take it away. Positive speaking is not going to take it away. God has ordained certain things, and this world is not going to pass away until he says so. In the meantime, we have a purpose through faith in him to be about our Father's business. And in the midst of all the darkness, death, and everything else going on in the world, we walk by faith, keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes on the good things of God, keeping our minds in the right place. Because it's easy to come down and start looking at the natural and get discouraged, get critical, and get angry, bitter. No, God's called us above all that to walk in the high places. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, it's by my spirit. You are faithful, God. You are for us. You are with us. And no matter what we go through or what we're facing, you have called us to overcome. You said, Lord, that we're called to be overcomers. And by our faith, we overcome the world. The one who believes in you, the one who is born of you, overcomes the world. Thank you, Lord God, for the faith you've given us, each one of us. And you said, exercise our faith in serving one another and doing the things that you've called us to do. I pray that blessing upon each of us right now. Thank you, Father. You are faithful. You are good. Thank you for grace right now. Grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen.